1820, I can do it. Okay. Um, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Okay. So this is a representative passage of it says more and more and more that that is something that we need to know, right? What God's path is and what that looks like. So the second uh, kind of idea that said over and over again, besides God's word and commandment are described as a path is that, um, is that knowing God is described as walking with him. And if somebody could get Genesis 48, 15, right? To know God and be known by him is essentially uh, entering into a relationship with him that is ongoing, right? And is reciprocal. And so what better way to kind of have this, this, this mundane uh, kind of idea to express that when we walk with somebody. Right. We don't walk behind them. We don't walk in front of them. We walk with them. And this is this is how it's talked about knowing God. Let me read Genesis 48, 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my servant all my life long to this day. So there's um, several other uh, translations that translate servant shepherd. Um, and so it says. This God who I follow, who I walk with, who my fathers have walked with, um, this is uh, the person that I know, right? So we have uh, these, these first two ideas. So the third idea is that obedience to God is described as walking according uh, to his word or way. And so if somebody can look up the reference there from Ezekiel 11.20. So we've got that his word of commandment is the path and knowing God is walking in with him. But then obedience to God, right, is then described as walking according to that path. Walking with him in the things that he asks us to do. And so from, from Genesis to Revelation, uh, the biblical witness as it relates to the Christian life is just this simple idea. Uh, but, it's, it's, but it's the simplest things um, that I think are the easiest for us to kind of uh, walk past. Like, yeah, yeah, I know that I ask my friends, hey, how's the walk going? You know, I think about that myself. Um, but it is something that we, we need to be reminded of exactly what he's asked us to do. And can somebody read it with Ezekiel 11, 24? I got you. KJ, you can get it. Okay. Kenny, you get the next That they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. So we have also this idea that as, as we're walking with him, as we're being obedient with him, that that is what makes us his people, right? And that is what makes him our God. So the last idea um, that it talks about, not just saying, hey, over and over again, um, do uh, that these three ideas, uh, lastly, that not walking God's path is described as disobedient and is not good. It takes, uh, if you've ever read through First and Second Kings, as it talks about uh, it, it, before it says anything about the king, it says the name and it says whether or not they walked with the Lord, right? Whether or not they walked according to his statutes, uh, whether they did basically what they were supposed to do. And so as we have all of these ideas, I really want you um, to kind of hold on to those and kind of keep that in mind as we uh, 
a look at a, a few more ideas that I think will be helpful for us. So as always, uh, I have uh, these, these terrible graphics down here. Uh, we've got a frowny face, right? Not walking on God's path. And then we just have the, um, the simple idea of, again, that the green, that the green represents uh, the path of his commandments, right? What he asked us to do and the commandments uh, are not there again for us to earn anything. It's just what we do. That is what our relationship with him is. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> we look on that that is just all he's asked us to do is that I've given you a path and I want you to walk on it and I want you to keep walking on it. Okay. Uh, everybody with me? All right. Good stuff. So then, um, so then biblically speaking, walking is our manner of life, right? That, that we think about the, the life that we live is a walk down a particular path. And so for each of us, that is a daily, um, a daily thing we do, whether or not we, uh, we know it, right? Or whether or not we are uh, deciding uh, to walk down this path or that path, right? So, so this idea of, of um, walking um, is something we do regardless of what path we walk on. So the last piece that I want to give you before we, we um, kind of spend some time then moving into what I think our Christian life looks like and asking some good questions of ourselves is this idea. Um, is we, wanna, we want to equate uh, walking with God and God's covenantal relationship with us. So that's the, been represented in the Old Testament um, as the people of the covenant who have the sign and the law. Uh, in the new in the New Testament, um, it's the same thing as we see as we uh, decide to follow Christ. As we are drawn unto Him and make that decision, uh, right to take up our cross daily and follow Him. That we are entering into essentially the same covenantal relationship um, that He designed in the first place for Israel. And so Deuteronomy says this: You have today declared the Lord to be your God and that you would walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments and his ordinances, and listen to his voice. That I want to anchor us in this place, that the Christian life right, is us walking in the covenantal relationship with our God. And that when we say yes to him, right, what we're supposed to say, what we're supposed to understand that we're saying yes to is we're saying yes to this. That today I've declared that the Lord right, is my God, and I declare that I wish to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and listen to his voice. Right? So this is choosing his path over other ones. This is choosing to, um, to walk uh, with him, to know him, and also to be obedient right, to the path that he has for us. And so I think that that's really, really helpful uh, for us because we can see that what God has asked of us has never changed. Right? Uh, that that is what he asked of us today. That's what he asked you to do uh, tomorrow, this week, next month, um, moving forward. Does anybody have any questions about, um, about that? Okay, good. So, so, what, so how do we equate these two things, the covenantal relationship and walking with God? 
So when we're thinking about saying yes to what the passage in Deuteronomy says, I want you to first look at this first sentence here that's highlighted in the word. Right, it's in this relationship, this covenantal relationship with God, that he becomes to us what he seeks to be. So, so often when, when we hear, um, we've heard a gospel proclamation or when we share with people, we're asking, we're inviting someone in to like let Jesus into their heart or inviting them to accept Christ. But if we, but we stop short if they don't understand that this is what he is calling them into, right? A relationship with himself where we, where he wants us to stop walking another path, stop walking with uh, another person, start walking with him. Right. And so it's this relationship with God that he becomes to us what he seeks. If we do not, if we are not entered into a, this covenantal relationship that's described in Deuteronomy, then we don't have the relationship that he wants for us. And so um, uh, when we think about what this, how we might describe this relationship um, is uh, you may have, I may have shared this with you before. These are the four main metaphors that the Bible uses for uh, his relationship to us. This, this idea, um, metaphor of king, shepherd, husband, and father. And so I think sometimes um, a lot of Christians, and I, and I would absolutely put myself in, in this boat uh, when I was younger, is that I thought that, um, that I just called him these things without actually having to like walk with him. That he just, I kind of, hey, I accept you, and, uh, and then I just kind of go whatever I want. But you're still these things, uh, then you still can be these things to me, you know, as you see fit. But what, what I think we miss here is it's only in the covenantal relationship, it's only in choosing to walk with him that he becomes then these things that he wants to be for us, right? It's in this relationship with God that he becomes to us what he seeks to be. It's only in walking with him down the path of obedience that he becomes our king. It's only in us walking down the path of obedience that he becomes our shepherd. It's only in walking in the path of obedience with him he becomes our husband and our father. We don't just get these things without entering into the relationship in the way that he wants it. Right, we have to walk with him in these ways. So what then happens as I walk with him, right, and he become he begins to relate to me, or I let him relate to me as king, shepherd, husband, father, then I right then begin relating to him appropriately. Right, it's in this relationship with God that he becomes to us what he seeks to be, and we become to him what we want or claim to be. Right, that as I walk with him and he's these four things to me, then I become his subject. Right, that as I walk with him, then that means that I'm his sheep. That as I walk with him, that I'm, that, that I'm his wife. That as I walk with him, that I'm his son or daughter. And if we're not walking with him, right, biblically speaking, that that is what he's warning against. We're walking or we're not. So the last piece to kind of um, bring this together is that um, it, it, in this relationship with God, it becomes to us what he seeks to be, king, shepherd, husband, father. We become to him what he wants to be, subject, chief, wife, daughter, son. It's then we come into what he wants. That is, that is each of us individually 
do this and enjoy both what he wants to seeks to be and then enjoy what I am claiming to be, then we collectively become uh, what he wants and come into what he wants. So specifically that as he is our, as we walk with him as our king, we become his subject. And that is, and as there's multiple people do that, that we then are in his kingdom. We are under his rule. Right? We enjoy all the things that he describes of his kingdom. Right? If he becomes our shepherd and we his sheep, then we then are seen as his flock and we see ourselves in that same way. That as we see him and relate to him as a husband and he to us a wife, then we have then a marriage. If we relate to him as a father and he to us as a son, and then that ends where we come together and actually are in, have a family. And so this is really important for our Christian life because this is what characterizes it, right? This is what it, uh, what it should mean, how we should understand it. Uh, questions uh, or thoughts about that before I uh, kind of get into uh, the rest of what we're going to talk about. Does that make, uh, does that clear? love to just answer any questions or clarifications uh, about what I'm what I'm putting forth here okay you good so got some thumbs up all right all right so here is the question <clears throat> that I want to ask you and on the next page uh, there's going to be a question similar to this that I would love to, to get uh, any responses uh, for so if your life is a walk down a particular path, the question I want you to ask yourself, and I want to ask myself, is, is my walk a Christian walk? Meaning, is the walk that, the, the life that I am walking down, right, is it the, the life that, that God would have for me? And in a minute, we're going to define uh, some components of that life. So, so that's a question I want you to kind of to ask yourself, is, is my walk a Christian walk? And then secondly, as we see this idea, can you describe your life independently from your Christian life? And what this is trying to get at is <clears throat> so many times if I say, hey, how's, if I were to ask you, hey, how's life going? And a lot of us would, uh, may describe it. I mean, it, uh, I'm not going to speak for you, but a lot of you may describe it as just, uh, work life, school life, family life, um, and you're not sharing. Uh, you're not sharing uh, what we might consider spiritual life. You just see those things independently. But here's the life I live, and then here's these Christian things that I do, and that's not. Uh, and those those two things, as I think of them, are not uh, are not quite the same. And so I think that those are good questions in light of how the Bible talks about. Um, being obedient to God and walking uh, the path that he's put before us. So then here's the question I would love uh, for you uh, to respond. And then this is what we're going to talk about um, after the fact. What makes our life a Christian life? What are the markers? What are some things that you think of that make, um, that make, uh, identify kind of who we are. Thank you for throwing some answers up there. 
So I think these are some um, really good answers. Bearing fruit, serving others. Lives live for the glory of the Lord and not the glory for ourselves. Seeking God first, trusting in God. Being lights on the road for others. Witnessing to the world. Joy and peace that comes from exercising our faith. The closeness of our walking with Christ daily. Great answers. These are the things that make our life pleasing to the Lord. Right? These are the things that um, that as we do the things that he's asked us to do, that these are the things that happen. So we talked about um, previously on the first slide about the Christian life and there being uh, six components to it. And so these are, I mean, you could, you could change the wording. Um, you could uh, have to assume that there are certain things under, uh, under these ideas. Um, but traditionally, these are the things um, that we are doing when we are being obedient. Right, so the six things uh, just in, in uh, this language, abiding in Christ, living by God's word, witnessing to the world, praying in faith, uh, fellowshipping with believers, ministering to others. Uh, when we think about what uh, we do, I think oftentimes I can, we kind of pick certain ones that we're good at and certain ones that we like, and we can uh, ignore the others. We really love um, just spending time in God's word and studying it and gaining knowledge. Uh, that's something that uh, I have always um, enjoyed as an aspect of um, following him. Right, but if that's all I do, then I'm neglecting these other things um, that God has uh, called all of us to. So these are not things that just ministers have to uh, seek. Right, but this is a call to each and every follower of his, each and every person he calls to walk with him. And it's in this walking, right, that we are learning to live a life. That the path lead, that is a life and leads to uh, more and more in the type of life that he uh, wants for us, that is helpful to us and to the world. Now, as we think about these things, uh, these six things, I also want to kind of draw attention to kind of what's also going on in the world and what it is essentially struggling with. That while he has called us to do these things, those, uh, many of us uh, feel uh, kind of the things in the white, uh, in the white circles. We know people uh, that are dealing with these things. And so we see that there's people that are fearing isolated, uh, that there's fragmentation in our society, that we are very transient people, kind of picking up and moving um, as a culture that we are concerned with power, that we are generally suspicious of others, right? That we struggle with consumerism and alienation, all kinds of idolatries, complacency, that we're private people. And as we think about what it means to live, um, to live the Christian life, I want you to see each of these things as com both combatants for yourself and the things that the world kind of leads us into. <clears throat> but also that this is a direct, um, this, this is uh, directly as we do these things, that these are things that help others overcome these things. 
Yes, Nick. Um, could you just give a quick differentiation between the terms abiding in Christ and live by the word, like how they're different from each other? Yeah, yeah, I will in just a second. So it'll be a slide uh, talking about that. A great question. But so, so that's just what I want you to see here is those, that as we learn to do those things, all of them, right, that we, that these things that we are prone to, that they are, um, that they go away. Uh, that we we learn to fight against these tendencies within ourselves and we become empowered to help others right deal with these things because this is what sin leads to in our world this is what sin in our lives lead to and what sin in others lives lead to so then as we see those things as as uh, kind of six components of life in christ i want to want to um kind of put that at odds with um in general, you know, what life in the world can be like. So as we, we, uh, we exchange abiding in Christ for abiding in nothing particular, right, or just kind of whatever, uh, whatever uh, we think to do. Uh, we don't live by the word, but we live by a bunch of general ideas, right? I, I do what's right in my own eyes. I don't, I don't um, learn to um, minister to others. I just help when I can, maybe, if I feel like it. I don't have a fellowship of knowing intimately uh, others, of walking with them, of partnering with them in all the ways that we need to. Um, and I basically just hang out with people until I get tired of them. I keep to myself as part of going out into the world and trying to um, try to tell others about the hope that I have. Right? I pray only when uh, there's nothing else to do. I don't start there; it ends there. And so, as we look at these things, what the world has, and we put them uh, back against all the things that we struggle with, we understand why they're there. That is, life in the world is replete <laughs> with uh, with these things. That because of this manner of life that we feel uh, and struggle and and uh, are alienated, you know, are private people. So when we're thinking about uh, walking uh, with God, we're thinking about the Christian life. I think both of these things are really helpful to, for us to understand what he is then calling us to, that he is a gracious God that understands uh, what the reality of life in this world is. And he says, I've got a better way. And I haven't just said, hey, go do that, but it said, I'm, uh, I've given you everything as it says in Second Peter chapter one, you've given everything pertaining to life and godliness. As you said, some believers, um, as we are in a covenant relationship with God, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the church. We have all of these things that um, that are leading us into the life that He has for us. So then lastly, I just want to look at some of these things and kind of end with um, and end with a challenge. 
And so these are, again, all things that you uh, may be familiar with, but I just want to remind you of them. And so here, Nick, here's the answer to your question. And I want you to also think about these components as all of these are spiritual disciplines, right? That all these things are not something where I wake up and I just am um, and passively able to do them, but they're all active of things that I have to do and have to work at to get better at. But as you are a new Christian, that abiding in Christ is not something you know how to do. And if we haven't been working at abiding Christ, you could abiding in Christ, you could be a Christian for a long time and not, uh, and not be great at this. And so the, the message here is understanding that this is something that we have to work at, uh, that everything that God is about is about um, helping us understand how to do this and doing it well. Uh, can somebody read these uh, two scriptures here? We won't read all the scriptures, but I, I love just hearing uh, scripture read, and I think it's helpful and edifying for others. Can somebody read these two real quick? I'll read them. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. John 15, 4. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. John 15, 10. Right, so, so we get this, that God wants us to bear fruit, and we can't bear fruit unless we abide in him. And he says, obedience is abiding. Right, there's, so, there's so many other verses that talk about this idea of abiding, but here's two that are really helpful for us to, to understand that these are about action. Right? That we must, that we must right, choose to abide. That I must choose to stay close. That it is a spiritual discipline. The second discipline is living uh, by the word. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So this is uh, Jesus in his temptation, uh, quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. Right, James 1, but, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful here, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Right, we say and it's, that the law, the word is not something that we just come and listen to, that it was never something that is just supposed to be spoken over us or that we're supposed to have in our possession as, as uh, hey, um, you know, don't get caught without your Bible. But the whole point of the law is that we would do it. I think that's something uh, that, we, that we're prone to forget. Right, the, the, the word is there as a path, and we are to walk on it. Right, his commandments are there so that we know them and that we do them. And then lastly, um, I love this one, 2 Peter 3, 2, that you should remember the word spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and the Savior spoken by your apostles, that he is equating all of the things that essentially are in our um, Bibles, the Old Testament and the New Testament, that these words are for us to live by. All of them. The third, uh, the third discipline um, results in the Christian life is praying in faith. 
So Philippians 4, 6 is something that we're, um, that some of you may be very familiar with. If somebody could read the other um, verses uh, quickly. Ephesians 6.18, with all prayer and petition, pay, pray at all times in the spirit, and with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for the saints. 1 Timothy 1.2, 2, or 2.1, first of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. And then 1 Timothy 5.5, 5, now she who is a widow indeed, and who has been left alone has fixed her hope on God and continues in entreaties and prayers day and night. So any of you that have um, sought to uh, develop a prayer life understand the discipline that it takes. So right here we have both the discipline of going to him first and not last, right in Philippians 4, 6. Right, that we uh, want to pray in the spirit and that we want to persevere right, in praying for all the saints, right, for anyone that knows a believer that that is something that he really wants us to do, right, that, that it's, it's echoed in First Timothy uh, and in um, the one in 5.5. In, uh, five. But so often I think that that, that is something that we, we all want to get better at, but I think we forget um, the commands here that he uh, asks us for in First Samuel, uh, he talks about that not uh, praying uh, for the Lord's anointed, the king, is tantamount to sinning uh, because it's it's not walking the path that he's asked us to walk. That this is something too that we have to get um, that is commanded, and uh, that is a discipline. Fellowshipping with believers. Uh, so often we think that, oh, that's the fun part. Uh, but some struggle with that for lots of different reasons. Um, and it is something that is so important. It is one of the disciplines that we, uh, that we have to make. I'll read a few of these. John 17, 11. I love this one. This is in the high priestly prayer. Um, it says, I come to you, Holy Father. And he's praying for us. Keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one as we are. They may that that we as believers that come after him may have the same intimate relationship that God has with the Father. Acts two forty four and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. First Corinthians he exhorts the church there that they all should agree and that there be no divisions and that they may be complete in the same mind and the same judgment. For any of you that have lived with people for for half a second, you understand that this too is a discipline, right? But it's also here a command. That the 14 is, is, is uh, a struggle for us that, you know, we want to, uh, for those of us that like Christian community and, um, and that's something that we are drawn to, right? It, it, uh, this speaks to just our need for that, for that to be a partnership. Right, for us to be bound with one another, which is even kind of a deeper, um, a deeper commitment and a deeper relationship than even just kind of enjoying, um, you know, being together. And then the last two, uh, ministering to others and uh, witnessing to the world. Right, as we've seen each of these, uh, we see, gosh, this this is a lot. 
and 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 uh, and I don't um, I don't disagree because uh, but I think the issue uh, for me I just speak for myself is that because for much of my life I saw my life and my spiritual life as separate because my spiritual life is is kind of a a extracurricular right I can only do so many extracurricular things I have to decide between this and that I have to decide between prayer and Bible study. I have to decide between ministering to others and witnessing possibly. I have to decide between abiding with him, right, and fellowshipping with believers. And so the 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 real kind of thing that I just need us to deal with, right, is is that this life, like the things that God asks you to do, it's a whole life. Like it's not it's not a thing that we can uh, kind of do on the side. So as he has called us to do all those things that that we see as benefiting ourselves, he's also called these to be a discipline, right? This is why he tells us to bear one another's burdens, right? To show love for the alien, show love for those that were alienated from God, right? Because that's who we were. We even see Isaiah uh, 61 here, which is what Jesus proclaimed. In the gospel, Spirit of God is upon me, and because He has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. This is His uh, His ministry, but it's also ours as well. And then, lastly, um, witnessing to the world, and this is in Second uh, Corinthians five, eighteen through twenty-one. Right, that because He is reconciled to us, He has given us this the same ministry that he didn't count their sin against them as he went out and sought to reconcile them. And we shouldn't either. And I think this is probably one of the biggest uh, things that keeps us uh, outside of just compartmentalizing our lives. Um, But that this too is a discipline and a command, right? That this is included on the path. And so as we see these different components here, of this life that we need to understand that this then is the path that he's called us to live, that this is the Christian life. <clears throat> so here's how we're, um, how we're finishing up. There's two things that I want you to remember, and these are two uh, scriptures that I might encourage you to memorize uh, this week. So the first one is one of my um, my favorite passages in First John. Will somebody read that for us? This is kind of bringing everything full circle. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. So we talk about, um, you know, our walk being our manner of life. This is the verse. <laughs> the one who says he abides in him right, is covenantally related to him, right, ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. These are the things he walked. If we think about the way that Jesus lived, these are the things that he did. And these are things that we have to learn how to do, not just a few of them, kind of, but learn how to uh, make a life um, that includes these things, because that is the path that he has set before us. And so last, um, last scripture here, 
And I love this idea if you've never heard this in Deuteronomy. Right, so you shall observe to do just as the Lord your God has commanded you, and you shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. And I think that that is the struggle as we kind of hear this and however you're taking uh, to these scriptures that are, it's like, okay, uh, that's a lot. And there are going to be times where I want to turn aside to the right or to the left. There are times I know when I'm doing my work, I'm on the computer, that I will click off and do something different. And I'll find myself an hour later like, what, what, what just happened? <laughs> <clears throat> and so this the, the path metaphor is so helpful for us is that he doesn't want us to deviate one way from that for us to keep going, to keep learning, to keep striving, to keep owning and to keep uh, persevering in what that looks like. If you've never heard this scripture, this is so um, this is so great and encapsulates more of what we're saying. So thus says the Lord, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. We also have this as Jeremiah is a prophet and he's talking to the people and he says, he says, this is what I want you to do. I long for you to stand by the way and ask and see the ancient path, the path that you may have forgotten about, the path that has been laid before you since you became God's people that this is the good way I want you to walk in it. And if you will actually walk in it, you will find rest and you will move away from those, all those bubbles that we had talked about. But there are some that says that we will not walk in this. And so that is before us, right? For us to understand, is this something that we'll walk in? Because we can decide not to. We can decide not to walk on that path. Eugene Peterson, a, a pastor that since passed away, um, I think he pastored in Montana. Um, he said this in a book called The Long Obedience in the Same Direction, right? What a great title. He talks about this kind of deciding, um, and he, he uses it in the terms of repentance. And he says this, repentance is not an emotion. It's not feeling sorry for our sins. It is a decision. It's a decision. It is deciding that you have been wrong and supposing you could manage your own life and be your own God. It is deciding that you were wrong and thinking that you had or could get the strength, education, training to make it on your own. It is deciding that you have been told a pack of lies about yourself and your neighbors in your world. It is deciding that God and Jesus Christ is telling you the truth. Repentance is a realization that what God wants from you and what you want from God are not going to be achieved by doing the same old things, thinking the same old thoughts. Repentance is a decision to follow Jesus Christ and become his pilgrim in the path of peace. Repentance is the most practical of all words and the most practical of all acts. It is a feet on the ground kind of word. It puts a person in touch with reality that God creates. Eli Wessel, referring to the stories um, uh, of the Hasidim, says that in the tales uh, by Israel, a recent one motif occurs again and again. A traveler loses his way in the forest. It is dark, and he is afraid. Danger lurks behind every tree. A storm shatters the silence. And so here is what's kind of put before us. I love this. He says, a fool looks at the lightning, the wise man at the road that lies ahead, illuminated before him. What a great picture. 
And as we are lost, there's this light. And so many of us can see, oh, crap, I'm scared. But the wise among us look that, oh, wait, in, it's within this uh, trial. It's within this season um, of storms that the path that I should have been walking all along is illuminated before me, that I can see it more clear than I've ever seen it before. <clears throat> and this is the path that God is calling us to. And so this is a fairly simple um, kind of message and reminder today, but the simplest things are the hard, hardest for us uh, to keep doing. I'm tired of drinking just water but that's what your body is made of. <laughs> I think in our lives, we, we say that a lot, right? For, for those of you that have uh, been obediently uh, understanding how to walk with him, we get tired of, of kind of doing that same old thing and we need to remind it that it's all he's asked us to do and that it's good and it leads to what, um, leads to what he wants. So here, um, in uh, in closing, I just want to uh, just spend a hot second talking to you about how this fits in with the May Mester. Is that this week is about you? Um, if you are interested in participating or inviting others into do it, it's about you um, having that path book put back in front of you. Right, and finding renewal, rest, and rhythms for yourself. Right, and that starts with uh, repenting and understanding what are things that I need to uh, kind of remove from my life. What are things that uh, I need to uh, to understand uh, to move forward? And so. And so yeah, part of, part of the, a large part of this is for you just deciding that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead myself here onto this path, right? That he's laid it out before me, but it's up to me to take responsibility, right, for myself to stay there or to get back on it or to understand what it's going to take to persevere on that road. Right, and as we think about that story, right, and about this idea of repentance, so this is this repentance that sets in motion a journey that we're taking responsibility in our part of the covenant relationship with God. Right, to lead ourselves forward, we must see that path and take hold of it as our own. And that is what we're going to concentrate on this week. That's what leading yourself is about. It's about me taking responsibility, maybe understanding more what this path is that God has for me in all, in all its fullness. And then we're going to uh, provide uh, just some people to say, hey, here's some fellow pilgrims that are doing this as well. And so that this is some people that I can talk to as I work through this, um, this information, right, as I go on this journey myself. And so a lot of what this week is going to be is really just taking stock of where I am. And so we'll we're going to have some activities for you to do um, and we'll lay that out um, well. Um, and so if that's something that you want to participate in or you may have others that are interested in, that's, that's, what the, that's what this month is about. And that's what this first week is about.
So, um, so where they're, they're uh, towards the end of our time, and I know a lot of me, excuse me, uh, talking, but as we finish up, I would love for, uh, these are just some examples of, before we kind of go into the, um, as we kind of uh, hop over to the worship service, as people are kind of popping out, I'd love for you to, um, just to share a prayer or a thought. Um, just about the week coming up or maybe something the Lord has spoken to you about um, as we are kind of slowly uh, sliding off. I want that to be um, an encouragement to you. And so these are just some examples of things that um, that I have been thinking as I have been um, just working through this myself uh, because I'm very much looking forward um, just to, to doing this um, over the next month myself. Uh, it's it's needed and um, and it's been good thus far.